0: I am introducing myself. Hi. My name's Tina, and if for those of you who do not know me, I serve as the campus director of our Yonsei Iwa chapter. Um, welcome. Welcome tonight. Uh, are you guys ready to hear the word? Yeah. I am so excited to share this word with you guys. It's, it's, it's sort of crazy. Um, but anyways. Guys, it's November. It's November. So if you were to write it, it's 11. And then soon 12. And then, oh my gosh, one starts again. And it's going to be 2015. It's November. Yeah, let that hit. So it feels like, it's, honestly, it feels like yesterday that I started, like, I bought my new yearly planner. And I got my new journal, you know. And um, I started writing down a list of New Year's resolutions to start the year fresh and renewed and excited. You guys feel me? Maybe the more of the girls. I guess, guys, you guys probably, like, use the same planner for a little bit longer than girls. But girls, we find excitement in buying a new planner. There's just such an excitement to, like, start the year fresh, right? Yeah, and, you know, for guys, you guys have New Year's resolutions, I'm sure. No? Whatever. I do. Um, however, right now is November, and I I look at my planner and... It looks like I was really, really busy, but sadly, to, it, it almost feels like I didn't really accomplish much. Um, I look at my journal and it's halfway filled and I was planning on writing my journal every night. Okay. I, that was in my mind. I planned to do that. And right now it's halfway filled. Uh, I look at my running statistics on my Nike app and I see that I ran an average of five times a month <laughs> and I was planning on running, running five times a week. Okay. Um, Man, this sounds mad depressing. I looked back at my life and as far as I can remember, I realized that there was just a common pattern. I plan a lot of things and at the end of the year I realized that I didn't really accomplish much. Yeah. Is that just? Yeah, it's silent because you guys feel me. Right? You guys can relate, right? Some of you guys started the year making plans to study more. Right? To start some internships so that you could start your future, right? To exercise, to build more intimacy with your friends, to read more, to be more adventurous, to uh, tap into some, you know, new skills and master an instrument. I really wanted to master guitar. I only know four chords, but still, that's better than nothing, right? Um, to sleep better, to be on time, you know, to change your habits right? And when it comes to our Christian faith too, you guys, there's, you guys make plans. I want to read the Bible every night before I go to bed, Lord. I want to pray for 15 minutes every morning. Mm, I'm going to wake up at like 5.30. I actually planned that. I So my alarm right now, it says 5.30. I snooze it like 20 times and I wake up at eight. Okay. Um, to read more Christian books, to evangelize more, to memorize more verses, to be more active in church, to be committed. Right? So we make all these plans. And now it's around this time of the year where we start reflecting. We start reflecting on our year. And for me, the way that I reflect is I love taking long walks. Okay. I love taking long walks. I like getting lost in the city. And so, or it's either taking long walks or I'll like hermit away in my room and I'll turn on my yellow lights, I'll turn on a candle, and I'll just sit there. And I honestly can look at the wall and not think about anything. Like, that's that's my personality. But I'll just sit there, and I'll just just reflect on the year and how my year looked nothing like I have planned. So the beginning of the year, I planned my year, and what I wanted to accomplish this year but obviously, from the outcomes of it, the things I planned led to only regret and frustration. And my personality, I'm a planner in general. So when I first started, like now I have like the gospel living in me. I live by the grace of God. But I've done this for ever, like ever since I could remember. And in the beginning, I was super hard on myself. I'm like, why can't you do this? Don't you love Jesus more? don't you want to change your life? And then I get frustrated. I'm like, why can't you wake up at 5.30, Tina, in my mind? Why can't you wake up? Because it's unrealistic. I've always been waking up at 8. Like, how in the world am I going to wake up at 5.30 all of a sudden, right? So I gave myself all these unrealistic goals. But to be real, like, I just love making checklists, okay? And so, yes, they were goals that I had planned. And in the beginning, it was actually for my future and actually to accomplish something and make worth of my life, but in the end, it, like right now, I make a list because I just wanted. When I started this year, I just wanted to see all the checks, so I could feel better about myself. Like that's right, that's so awesome, right? But on uh, none of the checks, maybe like one or two. I've been better, okay. But anyways, enough about me. So tonight we're gonna explore the book of Ecclesiastes. All right, and. Here, we're gonna learn a vital lesson from King Solomon, who's most likely, most likely the author of this book. King Solomon, right? He shares his perspective on life in the world and what it looks like without God. He shares his wisdom from his life experience. And so everybody knows the book of Proverbs, right? Who wrote the book of Proverbs? King Solomon. And King Solomon is known to be the wisest Person on Earth, why is this man to ever live on earth so i 'm assuming that what he has to say is quite important okay so tonight i 'm going to take you on a journey on his discoveries so that we may grow in wisdom. Every single person here wants your you guys want your life to matter, correct so some more than others, some are more chill, some are more like type A and it 's like right. Nonetheless, you want your life to count for something. There's an innate desire to be known, okay? So that's why you make yearly resolutions, to better your life, to quicken your ability, right? To reach your goals and dreams. That's why you start school at like the age of five. My brother started at three, okay? He started preschool. He took two years of preschool, but we... Attend school so that we can gain knowledge. This is so that we can have a future, right? To make a life that's worth something. So here the world is telling you that whatever you want with your life, do it all. Because it's too short. And it's telling you to plan your life in wisdom. So that not one moment is squandered away. You see how I said wisdom? There's something called worldly wisdom, and there's something called like God, okay? God, right? That's right. But as believers, we also make plans in wisdom, which is important while having an understanding that God is in control. So as believers, we know God's in control, and then we plan in wisdom. Yet as believers, we make plans that many times we cannot fulfill. As you can see in my previous example, we end up disillusioned, we end up frustrated with ourselves, sometimes with God, and this cultural value of believing that you are responsible for making your life matter, many times influenced the way that we think. So we make our plans and unknowingly put things into our own hands in wisdom. But at the same time, we frost it with, I know that God is in full control. I trust him. I obey him, right? He's at the center of it all, right? God, I believe you. And we put this in wisdom. But honestly, we're just twisting, putting a Christian twist to it, to the cultural values. So even when it comes to faith, we throw around the word wisdom so much by saying, I want to be wise with how I use my time. That's why some people say, I want to be wise with how I use my time, so I'm not going to come to church. Because I have so many exams, and I need to be faithful with studying for my exams. I want to be wise. I want to be wise with, um, you know, taking this internship, though it's, every single day and I have to work every single day and, you know, like it's for my future. I need to be wise because God's giving me this gift thing. So I need to be faithful, right? I mean, wise, but in reality, the core root of it, let's be real. is just straight up unbelief. But we use the word wisdom so lightly wise. If we truly believe that God is in full control and our lives are for his glory How come we still struggle with different fears, fears of failure, fears of our future, fear of being overlooked? How come you still struggle with loneliness, filled with anxiety, regretting things that you did? How come you get angry when it seems like nothing is going according to plan? And for some of you, you blame God. For not opening the doors and asking him, but God, I thought you placed this dream in my heart. I thought you gave me these desires. You gave it to me. How come nothing's happening? Man, I did this a lot. I was like the queen of injecting God into all my plants. I'd be like, my dreams for like, Vogue, inject God. Lord, I want to use it for your glory. So that all these like, so that Anna Wintour can meet you because she needs you, you know? Like I would inject God into things and don't get me wrong. I think planning is super, super important. Like I said, planning for the present, but also for the future is vital. It's wise. You have to, I'm not saying don't do anything and just sit there and be like, God, I believe in you. No, 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 no. no. You plan. It's actively applying your faith because you see the vision and you're running towards it. However, we need to check our hearts guys. You can be running towards something that God never intended for you. You can be making decisions based on fear rather than faith, selfishness rather than selflessness, and sugarcoat it with wisdom. So tonight, I want to ask you this. Are you depending on the world's wisdom or on God's wisdom? Are you, retu- are you running towards fulfilling your dreams with God as the main character? Or are you running towards God's dreams knowing that you are a character of his beautiful story? Because there is a difference. So now let's go back to King Solomon. And here in Ecclesiastes, I'm assuming that he is now old. So when he started his um, reign as king, he was really young. But now he's lived this long life. And I'm assuming he's like this old grandpa, right? And he's sharing his wisdom. And I think as believers, we're able to relate with King Solomon. At, uh, we're able to relate, relate with King Solomon. Um, and King Solomon, he, at a young age, was appointed as king. And the one thing he asked for was wisdom from God. And you as well, if you walk in your identity in Christ, you're royalty, right? So here, God was super pleased with King Solomon's request because he asked for a gift that was not to bless him, but to bless others. He asked for wisdom, which is not about himself, but it's for others. But later, he used this gift that he received for his own selfish desires. So even King Solomon, he failed to discern the wisdom of God with the wisdom of the world. And he also fell into fulfilling his own selfish desires, which led to his decline. King Solomon, guys. King David's son. The King Solomon that wrote the book of Proverbs. (laughs) Let's think about it. King Solomon. I don't think you guys get it. Oh my. God. <laughs> so from Solomon King Solomon, we're able to see how important it is for believers to continue to check our hearts and to see if it's pure before the Lord. Cause even a man like King Solomon, it was easy for him to fall. I'm sure he had great intentions in the beginning. But for him as well, he's man. He was influenced by the world and his desires, okay? Which his desires, his selfish desire, his flesh overtook him. When that was never what God intended for him. So here in Ecclesiastes 1, 13-18, King Solomon discovers how human wisdom is, follow me, meaningless. Meaningless. And I promise you, there's going to be some uh, light at the end of the tunnel, but follow through with me because we need to understand how human wisdom is vastly different from the wisdom of God. In verse 10, it says, is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new, right? It was here before our time. So here in this verse, it says, this is something new, right? And the something new, it's basically tell- the author is telling us how many things seem to be new because the past is easily and e- quickly forgotten. However, the old ways just reappear in new disguises. Does that make sense? So things may seem like it's new, but your life is actually not that, It you're, you're important. Get that straight, I'm getting that straight. You're important, but life as a whole it's actually really not that new. People are doing the same old thing every day, day in and day out. The mundanity of it, like you guys going to school, uh, guess what? A hundred years ago, people went to university. They had to study like you. They had to sit in a classroom. I'm sure they didn't have like the high tech, you know, technology and the, you know, the phone and, and some cool stuff, gadgets and whatnot. However, the essence of education is pretty much the same. In verse 14, it says that he has seen all things that are done under the sun. All of them were meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And here, this phrase, chasing after the wind, is a graphic illustration of futility and meaninglessness of life apart from God. Okay? And this phrase was used nine times in the first half of Ecclesiastes. Chasing after the wind. Okay, envision it. Wind. Wind. Okay? There's no wind. Wind. Okay? And life, you're just chasing after wind. Yeah? It's it's pointless. You're chasing after something that's going to just disappear. You, you can't even see it. You're, just chas- you're running. Like, picture yourself just chasing after the wind. Man, I feel foolish. I feel i will be like, oh, anyways, okay, i feel foolish, okay? But that's how he describes life. So in all of chapter 2 as well, King Solomon explains how he tried to seek pleasures of the world in wisdom, in wisdom, in human wisdom, but in end realized that it was all meaningless. Meaningless. So if you just, I'm not going to read it all, obviously, but if you look through the uh, chapter 2, he tries to seek the pleasures of the world through drinking in wisdom. There's nothing wrong with drinking, guys, but in our terms, like partying and clubbing in wisdom. Because really, like, if you guys are wise, you guys could go into a club, like, you're not going to get tempted. I honestly believe you guys will not get tempted, okay? So I'm not saying don't go to a club because I'm scared that you guys are going to get tempted and, like, fall into, like, debauchery and sin. No, I actually trust that you guys are just going to stand there and be like, wow. It's a club. <laughs> okay? However, however, it's not always wise. Is it a good use of your, of your time? Probably not. Because you may put in the word like evangelism and I'm going to go evangelize in the club. They can't hear you. <laughs> okay? They can't hear you. So why spend your time saying, are you putting in like this nice sugar coat of I'm going to evangelize for Jesus and you go into a club, they can't hear you. It's a waste of your time. King Solomon, he built houses, okay? He built vineyards, he built like projects huge for us businesses. If you strive to build a business for yourself, when that business fails, you're gonna crumble. I assure you. I've seen it around me. Like Korean parents, because for us, Korean parents, they like build, you know, they immigrated to the States. So a lot of them have businesses, and I'm sure you guys are able to relate. My parents own the restaurant. My friends around me get bankrupt and parents crumble. On the other hand, if you build a business knowing that it's for a bigger picture, even if that were to fail, you'll be okay. So here King Solomon, he was successful. He had a lot of money. He was rich. He became the greatest person in all of Jerusalem. He was king, right? Right? He worked so hard to achieve something and make a name for himself. In the beginning, remember, in the beginning, he was God appointed him as king. But slowly, just things started changing. He unknowingly started to depend on himself. And in verse 11, he, he writes, how everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. In chapter 2, 11 through 16, he also talks about human wisdom. And realize that it was meaningless. Because like a fool, a wise man also dies. A lot of us, we seek to know God. And truthfully, I think that's great. I think it's good to seek knowledge. I think it's great to um, look through like different scholars and learn more about God because God is so big and he reveals himself. He revealed himself to people thousands of years ago, right? So I think it's so good. But at the same time, when our mind all of a sudden goes, bef- like we let our mind take control and not God, and we start questioning everything, it's a waste of your time. I think philosophy is also so good. I think looking, you know, researching different religions, I think is so good. But there's a point when researching other religions for too long, too much, is a waste of your time. It's good to know a good, like, so you you need to learn how to evangelize strategically. You can't just be like, well, I'm a Christian, and you're not, and Jesus loves you. But they're going to be like, why Why is Jesus like this? Who is Jesus? Like, And then they will know their religion more than you, right? So I think we have to, We have a responsibility as believers to dig and to understand what people believe. But there's a point where you're just like, you don't have to go in that deep. Okay? Because some people, they dig deep, deep, and they're like, I'm going to go check out a temple. I'm going to sit at the temple. I want to experience what, like, the Buddhist monks experience. Honestly, that's a waste of your time. You're just putting yourself up for, like, just terribleness, Okay? Like, for me, I studied art history on the side. Because <laughs> I, I liked all these things, and, like, I'm a planner, so I wanted to explore, like, every part of the world, right? And so I studied art history, and art history, is a good chunk of it is actually learning about art, but it's obviously art, but um, it's religious art. So a lot of Asian art is actually Buddhist art. And the art from, like, just a lot of it is Buddhist art. But Christian art, you know, all these things. So it's good to know, but... Don't waste your time, guys. Okay? Here King Solomon realized that when he put things into his own hands, in human wisdom, he ended up feeling futile. Futile. He realized all was meaningless because everything he worked for would go to someone else once he died. Think about, like, the richest people in the world. Celebrities. Okay, and I'm not gonna name any because my empathy's gonna get really big and I'm gonna get like really sad. But if you think about them that don't know the Lord, right? They may have left a small legacy, but at the same time, everything. A lot of the, a lot of celebrities, even in Korea, though they seem like they have everything, they're struggling with depression they're struggling with suicidal thoughts oh no Pepero. they're struggling with suicidal thoughts why focus okay why because they were striving to make a name for themselves and in the end realized it was futile even from what the even for myself, honestly, like like I told you, I'm a planner. And so if, I, if you look at my resume, I've like tapped into like every part of every industry possible. Okay? Like I thought I was going to do music for a bit. I thought I was going to be a chef. I'm serious. And I was good. Okay? <laughs> I thought I was going to be a doctor for a good 22 years of my life. I thought I was going to be a pharmacist. Because they make money and you don't have to deal with children. <laughs> it's, it's not that I don't like, I love children, but I don't, that's why I don't like seeing children sick. I volunteered at a pediatric ER. I hated it. It was depressing. Okay. I volunteered, actually I interned for Pastry Chef. I hated it. She was so mean to me. She blamed me for making the muffins overflow. And then my sous chef, she was the one that did it. She didn't expose herself. And she took it on me, right? I, like, seriously, I took so many violin lessons. I, I competitively, competitively did it. Am I doing all those things now? No. <laughs> I still believe God's going to use it for his glory later in the future. Right now, I'm going to be faithful, right? I even tried soccer. Even though my parents never let me do soccer, I was like, I'm going to try it. So I did it in in high school. My coach was like, no. (laughs) I did it. It was really, I wasn't that good at it, okay? What I'm saying is this. My human wisdom said I need to tap into everything so that I'll learn a lesson. You know, like a wise woman, my aunt told me, You need to date as many people so that you will learn, like, who the right husband is for you. What a waste of time. It's a waste of time, okay? Because, honestly, no, I think it's good to learn, but you don't have to date them, okay? You could just get to know people, all right? i think i got my point across (laughs) so culturally we learned that in order to survive you need to not only that we also learned that you need to step over other people it's the survival of the fittest you need to make someone in order for you to go high someone needs to go low right this is how this is how the society works according to our cultural standards right However, in chapter 4, King Solomon explains how envy, taking advantage of others for your own selfish gains, greed, is ultimately meaningless. Why? They end up having no friends. Simply put. Verse 8, it says, For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This is meaningless, a miserable business. He writes, in verse 10, it, it talks about the shame if a man falls and has no one to help him up. Do you guys see how the enemy twists things? He desires for you to be in isolation. How? By you using human wisdom to get up that, you know, corporate, lab, corp, corporal, corporate ladder. Corporate ladder, right? So that you could just be straight up alone. That's why we see so many like famous people still lonely. Chapter 5 takes, talks about how riches are also meaningless. Verse 10, well, whoever loves money never has enough money. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. Verse 11, 12, basically saying that greater wealth brings greater anxiety because the more you have, the more you have to find ways to protect that wealth. Okay? So if you live for riches, it leads to unrest. You get anxious. You get anxious if you're living just for money. Man, I could tell you like loads of story of my family members <laughs> striving for money. But when their health fails all meaningless. Chapter 6 talks about how if a man doesn't enjoy what the Lord has blessed him with because he sees it as something that he is working for, it is all but a waste. When man dies, all is lost and someone else gains from your work. So depressing, right? I'm trying to show you the picture. See the bigger picture. It's not about Only you. The world tells you to live for yourself, to gain acknowledgement to the world, right? To be the best in the world. It ends up, according to King Solomon, the wisest man ever, meaningless. But there is hope. Simply put, there is hope. So in the first half of this book, King Solomon, from his experience, should share how living a life that you create on your own ultimately leads to death. Okay? how He mentions how nothing is new under the sun according to our human understanding. So without God, our destinies are all the same, which is death. However, God is in control and he has everything. He's... He ordered everything. So he desires to give you life. But he desires to give you life on this earth. Not just in heaven, but on this earth that's worth living. Amen? We as humans cannot change God's appointment or fully understand them. But though we don't understand what the future holds, if we trust and obey God and give him full control, we can enjoy this life, even the mundane, I think I made this word up, mundanity of it. Is it real? It's, it's fake. <sighs> mundane, anyways, even the mundane aspects of it, okay? But like I said, as you see the bigger picture, you're able to see that God is writing your story. And that's a crazy, amazing, beautiful story. So how then can you enjoy life and continue to seek life in God, in his wisdom, not human wisdom? First, enjoy life and let go. Follow me. Enjoy life and let go. So in Ecclesiastes 9, 7, it says, let me, let me find it. Mm. Go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart. For it is now that God favors what you do. And if you look at every verse, like in the beginning, I mentioned like how King Solomon said it's meaningless. Everything's meaningless. Everything's meaningless. However, at the end, he also mentions that if your riches are not just, it's not for yourself, but it's in God's wisdom, you enjoy it as a gift from the Lord, it's meaningful. Understanding that everything that was given to you was a gift from the Lord. It's not because of what you did that gave you everything, but it's by the grace of God that you have everything. So when you lose it, you'll be okay. When you gain it, you'll be extra happy, right? But everything that you receive from the Lord is a gift from the Lord. So your riches, your giftings, your relationships, it's all a gift from the Lord. And through it, God is glorified. I'm huge on worshiping the Lord through everything that I do. How exciting is that? Like you just like walk around outside and you're like, wow, you know what Sarah was sharing? Like she looks at the leaf and it's God telling you how much he loves you through the leaves. Nature is a gift from God. Your giftings, your um, musical talents, your brain. Some of you guys are super smart. Good for you. It's a gift from God. All right, it's a gift from God. I'm sure you put some effort into it, but it's a gift from the Lord. And understand that God's timing is perfect. His timing is perfect, so he knows where you're going to go. Five, even six months from now, he knows where you're going to be. So why get all stressed out and forget what you're doing right now here, And say no, no, no! I need to like write down and fill out these applications because I'm scared that I'm not gonna get a scholarship to my school. Like I'm not gonna get housing. Then you just spaz out, and then you realize you're not like you're not getting blessed. You're not being a blessing to anyone because you just reek of anxiety. Man, that's smelly. I don't like it. We're supposed to reek of not reek, but we're supposed to have a fragrance of peace, right? So let go of, let go of your plans. Girls, (laughs) let go of your future marriage. Do you know why, girls? You start thinking about it in high school. Let's be real. Guys, let go of your future business. Okay? Because God has everything in control. And everyone, let go of your finances. Be faithful with it, but don't make it your God. And understand that you have limits. Ecclesiastes 3 to 6, the chapters, are basically telling you that humans, there's a limit. And then after that limit, you just have to, you realize, oh my gosh, I can't do this on my own. God, I need you. I need you in my life because I realize I can't do it. Okay? And so, I'm going to be honest with you guys. God doesn't owe you anything. Because everything is a gift from God. Man, when that reality hit, I didn't even know I had so much entitlement. Because for me, I lived a very uh, steadfast Christian, faith filled life. I chose to do things uh, with wisdom. But a lot of things I chose to do with wisdom, or I chose not to do in wisdom, I actually wanted to do it, but I was so scared, okay? I was so scared. That's why in, in college, in wisdom, I, I chose not to go out to drink and whatever, but inside I was like, I want to go so bad, right? So I did, and I didn't like it, okay? I didn't like it, but it wasn't out of God's wisdom. It was actually just, I didn't want to make mistakes, and I didn't want to regret my decisions. That's why I didn't do it. And I still think that's a grace of the Lord because I didn't make mistakes that I didn't have to make, you know. But at the same time, we need to seek God's wisdom in everything that we do. And he does not owe you anything. But he's just giving an invitation to enjoy him and because of that, enjoy life. And I mentioned, like, I planned my entire life, which I did. I planned my entire life since, like, elementary school. I'm such a planner. And even when I came to Korea, I planned how I was going to get here. I called every fashion magazine in Korea, in my broken Korean. I said, do you guys have an internship for me? I was so, like, (laughs) <laughs> like when I'm like devote, like if I'm dedicated, I will go all the way in. And I drilled my way in. I really did. So I worked for a newspaper. I drilled my way in. I worked for a newspaper. I hated it. I worked for a PR company. I believe there was a door that op- got open. I, man, God was like, man, you didn't have to go through that. <laughs> I regretted every bit of it. Cause my, my boss was crazy. She would yell my name from over there. And she was spazzed. She'd be like, Tina! right? And she would, I'll be like, oh ne? right? But I told her straight, she's like, no, hang on my way to Why can't you speak Korean? And I looked at her, I'm like, I told you I can't speak Korean. <laughs> but she blamed me for something I already told her. Right? But that job, too, I did not have to go through it. Why? Because it's meaningless. It doesn't help me with anything that I do. I learned I built, you know, patience. <laughs> but at the same time, it was I could build patience somewhere else, right? I used my own wisdom. I drilled my way in. God always turns things for your good, but sometimes it's not necessarily a door you need to go through. Let go. Just let go. What I'm doing now is nothing planned. I did not plan to stand here. I did not plan to work for a church. I never thought I would do ministry ever. But you know what's crazy? Everything that I love doing, I'm doing right now. And even more. My secret desires of wanting to even travel around the world, I'm doing it through missions. My secret desires to actually speak, though this was my greatest fear, I'm doing it right now. God knows. It's <gasps> so crazy. Even my secret desi- desires for, like, because I love. M- girls i love makeup god opens crazy doors for me to do like makeup for people photo shoots all these things man if i knew this i wouldn't have drilled my way in and called and be a fool and call every like vogue magazine allure and like in korean in my broken korean and then just seem like a fool or work for the pr company i didn't have to do that if i knew god already knew what he was doing i'm sharing with this i'm sharing this with you guys so that you may learn and you know a lot of times adults always say don't make mistakes that i did i'm not that much older than you guys okay i'm not but the things <laughs> but the things that i went through i'm sure some of you guys are thinking about it go through like do it with wisdom but god's wisdom not your own okay So number two is, is the fear of the Lord. Everyone follow me. Fear of the Lord. In Ecclesiastes seven sixteen 16-17, it says this. Do not be o- over-righteous, neither be over-wise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be over-wicked, and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. The man who fears God will avoid all extremes. Okay? Many things that I did in wisdom, I did it with my own strength and even though I, I secretly wanted to do certain things, right? I, I used my wisdom and then I tortured myself. It stressed me out. Wisdom's not supposed to stress you out. Okay? And a God-fearing person will not be overly righteous or overly wise. The word over is there for a reason. You don't have to do it like that. A God-fearing person will walk in true righteousness and wisdom, which leads to life. But he's not doing it with his own strength. When you try to seek for righteousness in your own strength, you're going to get exhausted. When you seek to be wise with your own strength, man, you're going to be exhausted. Why? Because people are going to call you no-fart. Because for me, like, I was trying to be so wise, whatever, because I knew Lord and everything. And my friends never invited, to me, invited me to, like, any party because they're like, you sleep at nine. And they knew I wouldn't make any mistakes, whatever, whatever. Okay? Inside, I was so insecure. And I was like, I suck, you know? Like, I'm so boring. But I was trying to be wise because I didn't want to make, you know, I knew the consequences of it. The beginning of wisdom, right, is the fear of the Lord. Okay? So so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Okay? So stop fearing other stuff. Understand God is in control. Stop fearing even the smallest things. God is in control. Think about even your present situation. There's little fear lingering here and there. Even like yesterday, I was like, I got an email, right? And in that email, it released fear. And I was anxious all night. And I'm like, why am I thinking so much about this email topic when it was really not that big of a deal? Because I was scared I made a mistake when I didn't. But that ruined my night because I was thinking so much, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So listen to wisdom and cherish it. All of Proverbs, all of staff, we're doing this QT, right? Every day, and we're we're studying through the book of Proverbs. We need to be faithful with it, by the way. But, in the book of Proverbs, it's, it's saying, wisdom is calling out to you in a crowd, in a bustling city. What does that mean? It's a bustling city. A lot of times, I think about my mind. And my mind is like a bustling city. There's so many things going on. And in the midst of it, wisdom is calling out to you, but if you don't recognize wisdom, and choose to listen and see wisdom, you won't hear wisdom. But wisdom is shouting at you. Will you choose to see it and cherish it? And here in, in, in the book of wisdom, it's actually written for young people. He's not saying, my son, my son. It's for young, young it's for you guys. It's not for the old, it's for the young. Why? So you don't waste your life. That's why. So when you apply the, the teachings of, of the book of Proverbs, when you apply it to your life, you will gain wisdom. And for me, I'm like super, um, I'm super excited for you guys. Why? Because. Here in this room you guys are ranging from 18 to 20 including staff 20 late 20s okay including staff late 20s right and we're choosing wisdom so when you think 5 years from now man i'm expecting for where you guys are going to be why cuz you're choosing god first that's crazy And when you think of wisdom, when you choose wisdom, naturally you'll get self-control. Wisdom, when you choose the right wisdom, you'll naturally be filled with joy. Why? You're not using your on strength. You'll naturally be overflowing with peace. You'll be walking in righteousness. You'll be walking in humility. You'll be walking in steadfastness, patience. In the end, when you choose wisdom, you will have life. The word promises you that. You will have life when you choose wisdom. And so, let go. Not just that. When you fear the Lord, you fear nothing else. Fear nothing else. And I say, Jesus is wisdom. Jesus is wisdom. Simply put, Jesus is wisdom. Follow me. Jesus is wisdom. Wisdom. So guys, you guys already started this journey. Continue to fall more and more in love with him. Continue to fall more and more in love with him. Continue to enjoy the presence. Continue to pursue him, to live life to the fullest with Jesus. Continue to give him glory. Your life, like I said, it's not just about you. Your life is to glorify the Lord. So living a life of wisdom is living God's dreams, seeking to let his name be known. And out of that overflow, your life will become meaningful. Why? Because our life without God stripped away from the Lord, if you see even thousands of years, it looks the same as when they lived life. But God wants you to live a life that's meaningful, that's thriving, that's so much bigger than you. And like I said, I'm so excited. Like, when I look at where staff is at right now, us two, we chose the Lord at a young age. And here we are now. When I look at you guys, man, I'm, I'm, I think my I'm going to be floored by God's faithfulness. Jesus will lead your life on a straight path. But it says in chapter 10, 2 to 3, that the heart of the wise inclines to the right but the heart of the fool to the left. Even as he walks along the road, the fool lacks sense and shows everyone how stupid he is. Don't be a fool. And the world tells you to live something completely opposite. They say if you lose your life, you'll, if you choose God first, you're going to lose your life. But the kingdom works completely opposite. If you choose the Lord first, your life, you will gain life. Overflowing. My testimony, it's just a glimpse. I'm going to tell you now, even all of staff 10 years from now, be be blown away. I'm blown away from you guys, but be blown away for us. And be blown away for this ministry. It's going to be crazy. Like, you guys think that this ministry is going to just stick and be one-on-one? Heck no. I'm going to be traveling around the world and you're going to see huge conferences. With people on fire for the Lord. Do you want it? Simply put, do you envision it? It's God's dreams, not ours. So, it's around this time of the year, right, that I go on my nice walks outside, okay? It's around this time of the year that I take my adventures around the city and, you know, I take walks and I love getting lost. And fall is a time when you reflect on the year. You reflect on the year. And for me, yes, though I haven't accomplished everything, I have a little bit of checks because I, this year I asked God, I want to be faithful with the little things, steward the little things because those, when you steward, it multiplies, right? However, even though I didn't accomplish every single thing that I wanted to accomplish, like I'm, I know it's really funny, but I'm actually an introvert. I'm actually an introvert. (laughs) And I'm a huge softy, so I cry a lot. Okay? I cry a lot. And in a natural setting, I choose not to talk. Because sometimes it's a waste of my time. (laughs) I like being silent. I, I choose listening more than anything. Right? So when I'm walking around like the park and looking at the leaves and stuff, like I get mad softy. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like thinking, I'm like, wow, God, you're so faithful. I've done this ever since college. I'll just be walking and like, you know, you hear your music and then like it creates a different atmosphere and like the world changes. Right. And then I think about the Lord and then all of a sudden I'm just filled with Thanksgiving. I'm like, God, you're so faithful. Wow. I'm here. What? I'm here in Seoul. Other people have never taken a plane in their lives. I met people from all over the world from Chicago. For me, Chicago, I only knew Chicagoans and Californians. I've never met Canadians I've never met Australians. I've never met Europeans. Actually, I have some. My roommate was European. But, nonetheless, I've met people from all over the world. Malaysia? Never. <laughs> you know? Never. And I think about all the different relationships that God's blessed me with. Africa? Never! But God's blessed me with all these crazy relationships. That's crazy! Right? I start giving things for my family. I start giving thanks for my spiritual family. Man, I would not be where I am if my spiritual family didn't believe for me. If I didn't have Emmaus, I'm not saying this to make you guys feel like, oh, you should like, value Emmaus. But if I didn't have Emmaus, honestly, I would not be here. I give thanks for you guys. And that's when I get sappy. I'm just like, walk and I like, nay, I'm like, oh. And then God will be like, I love them too. <laughs> you know, he like, he gives you expands your heart for you know the ministry that he's called you to. And I just start giving thanks. I'm like, God, thank you for letting me take part in this crazy, amazing story that I would have never fathomed, that I would never created on my own. And because of that, you're just filled with joy. You're filled with excitement. Right. There are so many things that God did in my life that when I put him first and fully let go, it's funny how he surprises you with even things that He lo- you love to do. Like I mentioned, I love makeup. Right? You are a character of God's story, not vice versa. Our story is that um, it's when we choose to say, God, take full control, He makes your life so much more exciting. And for us, because as human beings, we love control, we love control. To let go is a scary thought. But here, King Solomon saying, when you let go, that's when life starts. When you stop trying to plan your life and write your own story, when you choose to let God take full control, that's when your life is not wasted. That's when you make the most of your life. And that's when you're walking in true wisdom. Even my non-believer friends, even though they know nothing about God, do you know what they tell me? They always say, Tina, I think you're living the life. That's so crazy because I'm like, you're making more money than me. (laughs) You're making more money than me. You're exploring Chicago because I couldn't explore Chicago because I came here. So I couldn't explore my city as an adult right? And so I'm like, you're exploring Chicago, you're living like in the area that I've dreamt of living, the yuppie town. I wanted to live in the yuppie town of Chicago. It's like the ritzy youth, like the ritzy, young, hip people, right? You're living in the yuppie town and you have all the money, you're traveling around the world, but they looked at me and they're like, you look like you're having the life. God never meant for you to live your life just for yourself. God loves you, so there's no need to fear. Think about what Sarah preached. His love is crazy for you. So just enjoy. Just enjoy this life. Enjoy your presence. Because some of you exchange students, let's be real, missed out a little bit. Because you were so worried. You were so worried about your test that's like two months away. Or so worried about not being able to explore soul. You missed out on a little bit on the relationships. But I'm not saying this to make you feel like junk. I'm saying this. Now you can start. Now you can start. Take hold of your present. Start enjoying God start enjoying him you're able to breathe again follow me oh yeah okay cuz worrying stinks and you were never meant to worry let's see the bigger picture guys can you guys envision the bigger picture? Cause it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's a, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. And I don't want this to be something that you guys just hold for yourself, but let's dream this for other people. Let's believe this for other people. The reason why I'm, even last week, I was like, let's dream this for other people is because God wants people to walk in freedom. God wants people to meet him so that they don't have to depend on themselves. How exhausting is that? So can you guys dream this for your friends? Can you dream this for your classmates? Can you? So that's my challenge for you guys, even tonight. Is first, let go. First, let go. Then, start and then invite God to take over, and then start dreaming that for someone else. Solomon, the reason why God was so blessed by Solomon was he asked for wisdom so he could be a blessing to others. That's why you guys ask for wisdom, so you guys can be a blessing to others. I want us to close our eyes. And we're not going to do an altar call or anything like that, but I want I'm just going to pray for you guys, but I want you guys to stand up. Just stand up. And simply this. I want you guys to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. If this word convicted you, and if this word spoke directly to you, I want you guys to start letting go of your plans and commit to him wholeheartedly. Commit to him wholeheartedly. Because I promise you, when you put him first, it'll all be worth it. Nothing will be of waste. But that's a choice you need to make. So, heed the words of King Solomon. Heed, listen to the words of King Solomon. This wise man, he gave you guys wisdom on how to live life. And that means putting the Lord first. Then everything else falls into place. And so right now, I just want you guys to pray out loud with your words and say, God, I let go. Whatever you've been holding onto yourself, whatever fears, whatever even just future endeavors, all these things say, God, I let go. And God... I choose to put you first. Okay, let's pray.